You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone, joined by Chris Nee, Zach Blostein. Gentlemen, a happy early signing period days eve to both of you. Hey, I can't wait Brendan. a lot of words. <laughs> happy early signing days eve to you too, Brendan. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Let's get into it. There's going to be a, a flurry of information coming out of this podcast. Uh, the podcast will probably be irrelevant in two or three hours anyways. <laughs> so... So yeah, we got a lot of stuff that we're going to try to go through and things are constantly changing. Zach and Chris have been working the phones all morning. I've tried to help out a little bit there as well. Uh, we want to get this out to you though, so you guys can can take the latest information in and then check out Knowles 24-7 throughout the day and the evening for all the twists and turns that are coming because it is getting very weird very quickly. But first, let's start off with things that we do know. FSU has added some beef, big beef in the transfer portal. They added Colorado offensive lineman, like 2,000 career snaps, Casey Roddick, as well as getting commitment, a bit of a surprise commitment this early from UTEP's Jeremiah Byers uh, on, on Monday evening. So two days in a row of portal commitments, still expecting more portal commitments to trickle in as well. Uh, real, real quick, Chris, let's talk about Roddick and Byers. Uh, a fan of both their games, I assume, based on some text messages earlier. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Roddick's an extremely experienced, well-liked veteran who was a very, very good player on a very bad team at Colorado and well-thought of. From what I understand what I've gathered by former teammates at Colorado. He's also a guy that I think gives you versatility to play any of the three interior spots. Jeremiah Byers a little bit different. I think he can play right tackle. I think he can definitely play both guard spots. I think he's arguably the most talented offensive lineman that was in the portal. And uh, FSU beat out Oregon, Ohio State, Maryland there as far as schools he visited and plenty others were interested. So I think that speaks to his level of talent. But Byers is an exceptional player on film. He's an exceptional all-conference player last year at UTEP. He's a guy who wants to step it up as far as playing at a higher level to compete at a higher level and prep himself further for what he hopes to be an NFL future. And that's a big reason why he opted for FSU. Byers has a 92 overall grade per 24-7 sports. I think that's pretty spot on. He's someone with NFL upside. I, I, I love both those guys. I think they're both great takes for FSU. Zach, you are able to catch up uh, with Jeremiah Byers yesterday evening, shortly after his commitment. Anything noteworthy there you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I mean, he kind of just outlined his uh, initial reason for entering the portal. He just wanted to change, um, left UTEP, and then took four visits to Florida State, Maryland, and then this past weekend to Oregon and Ohio State. I think this really came down to, to FSU, Maryland, and Oregon. Ohio State was involved, but I don't think they were you know, pushing all the way for him. Um, and I think he understood that. So between those three schools, still a really great get for FSU, obviously beating out Oregon, which has turned out a, a good amount of offensive linemen in recent years. Um, and obviously they, they've got a lot of NIL money to work with. Um, other noteworthy things, he said he called Mike Norvell on Monday, or he called Alex Atkins actually on Monday, and Mike Norvell took Atkins' phone from him um, and was just celebrating it. So obviously the head man w w was happy to hear the news of buyers joining the the, the boat. Um, but joining, you know, joining the boat, huh? As far as uh, the uh, preferred position, uh, he said guard um, to start, and then they might be able to slide him out to tackle possibly in the future. But um, it, it sounds like they want to start him off on the interior of the offensive line. Do you think Casey Roddick might play center for Florida State? Should we talk about that and freak out about Everyone's going to play center. Do you like people who could snap the football? Funny you should mention that, Zach. I do. I do enjoy that. So those are two big offensive linemen in the boat so far for FSU. Uh, both have tons of starting experience. Both are, are high-quality players and, and will probably start some capacity or another. You're going to have some good options and, and good problems for FSU to have uh, to figure out like how you're going to make all these guys work. They may still be adding in the portal, little guys. Like they may not be done yet with the offensive line. They won't. Uh, they won't be done. You're saying definitively they will not be done. So yeah. as, as we're recording this, uh, it's 11 o'clock on Tuesday morning. By the time you're listening to it, it you'll probably already be 
noon or so. And Keandre Jones, the Auburn office lineman transfer, basically a two and a half year starter, uh, announced or said he will make a decision at noon or implied it heavily. Tune in at noon. So he's committed to Florida State. All right. <laughs> Zach's so, not here for your shenanigans. If his right, if, if, his, if, 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 his, if if his noon I'm just saying if all of a sudden at noon, you know what? Zach, <laughs> if Zach's all of a sudden at noon he announces a decision, we expect it to be a Florida State. How does that sound, Brendan? There you go. That's better. Okay. Choosing after UCF. Stupid listening to, and they're like, man, he hasn't decided yet. No, he's already announced his commitment. By the but time. what if, if you over at this rate, we are not putting this out before noon. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. Choosing FSU over UCF, who he visited after the FSU visit this past weekend, Pitt and West Virginia, who we also saw. UCF was probably the biggest competition, one, because of distance from home, and two, because of the relationship with Gus Malzahn from his time at Auburn. DeAndre Jones is a big, meaty boy, very large human. Uh, not particularly good last season, to just be brutally honest. Two years ago, excellent. Uh, I think FSU is hoping more for the prior version than the most recent version. Yeah, and, and that Auburn situation was fairly toxic last year, so kind of a mulligan year based on his his previous years of work, where I think he was like between a sixty and seventy PFF grade his prior two years at Auburn, which that that'll play like that's that's starting quality uh, type of production for FSU. So we're talking about adding three starters on the offensive line, and FSU still may not be done. Uh, there was a I guess we would say a surprise, an impromptu official visitor this past weekend from Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando, Florida, played four years at Miami. It's offensive tackle John Campbell. Uh, who wants to talk about him real quick? Zach? Go John ahead. Campbell, yeah. Arrived on FSU's campus on Saturday. We already talked about him on the, the live show. Um, so if you guys were tuned into that, you already know the backstory of this recruitment. Chris, but is Zach being extra sassy today? He entered the portal last uh, Friday officially. And then was on FSU's campus the next day. So obviously FSU made it a priority um, to get in to that recruitment immediately, like they do with most portal kids and, and pretty much all the guys that have gotten the boat already um, in the portal ranks. So, yeah, things move quickly there. I think the visit went really well. I think FSU sits in the top spot um, and I don't expect him to take his recruitment that much longer. Yeah, John is a kid that when he was up here, hung out with Daryl Jackson, obviously former teammate at Miami already. Daryl Jackson's already committed to Florida State as a transfer. He also has a close relationship with Kiwan Ratliff, part of support staff, who heavy, heavy uh, Orlando area ties, which is where John is originally from. So that plays a big role. He jumped into Portal Friday. He was here by Saturday night. Only visit he took. You do the math. It looks pretty apparent that FSU might be adding a very talented tackle. Cool. So let's go to... All right, how I want to do the rest of the show here is we're going to talk about commitments, some of the things we're the current commits that we're monitoring. We'll take a commercial break. We'll then talk about the uncommitted players, which will probably take a little bit more time. We'll do a quick game of Buyers Known, sponsored by the Turner Group, and then we'll be done for this episode. I do want to alert our listeners of the podcast that we are planning on doing a live uh, early signing period show, working title, figuring it out still. Uh, on Wednesday morning from about 7 to 10 a.m. is going to be our goal. It will not be the marathon of like five hours, six hours that last year's was. I don't think it'll be quite as catastrophic as last year, too. It'll be tough to to top from an entertainment slash like catastrophe standpoint. So uh, tune into the Knowles 24-7 YouTube page tomorrow. Zach, Chris, myself will be there throughout the day. And then we'll also have Coach A.B. jumping on, Trey Rowland. Then Kev will join us. Maybe we'll get Dirty Dane Draper uh depending on where he's going to be in the ether at that point. So uh, anyway, stay tuned on that tomorrow. We'll have more details on the message board later today on it. Uh, for now, let's talk about the commitments, guys. Uh, FSU currently, and this is high school commitments, five hard commits, guys who are pretty solid uh, verbally to FSU. Hiking Williams is at the top of the list, but as we get down to the next highest ranked player, top 100 recruit, that is Keldrick Falk. Quite the drama, uh, dramatic situation kind of circulating around Keldrick Falk here in the in the final days leading up to the early signing period as Auburn has made a late push. Zach, what's the latest on that? And uh, I guess how what's the temperature right now for Keldrick Falk? I think Tuesday today is the day um, that'll be the most pivotal in this recruitment. Shout out Brendan, but pivotal, yeah, I like yeah. It. So I did a ton of digging on this recruitment yesterday. Um, spoke to Keldrick himself many people around him and just people involved in this recruitment overall um, posted an update on those three for seven. I'll give the general overview of kind of what I said last night. Um, so 
as of last night, right, Monday night, I don't believe a decision had or has been made yet by Falk um, on the two schools that he's considering, FSU and Auburn. Um, he's still mulling things over. Uh, it was told, or he told me he's going to kind of write out a pros and cons list on both schools and kind of pick from there. Um, you know, a lot of people have mentioned, you know, he he's went on record saying that his mom encouraged him to take the Auburn visit on Sunday over the weekend. Um, and, you know, people were, were saying, oh, is, is she favoring Auburn? You know, from what Keldrick is telling me, it doesn't sound like his mom is forcing him or, or favoring one school or another and, and, you know, putting that in his head. She's left the decision completely up to him. Um, and, and he's just going to report back to her with, with what, you know, where he wants to go uh, tonight on Tuesday night. Um, she has expressed to him that she's fine with him going to any, either of these schools. She thinks they're, you know, he'll get a great uh, education at both programs and um, she thinks he'll excel at both. So um, I don't think, you know, Keldrick's mom is going to be a negative on, on either Auburn or FSU side here. Um, you know, right now I don't have an indication on, on where Falk is leaning. Um, obviously like Brennan kind of prefaced this podcast saying, these things can change by the hour or sometimes by the minute. I'm constantly monitoring this recruitment, uh, you know, as with others. So, um, you know, obviously check back in with Nolan 24 seven right now, no indication on where he's, he's headed. Um, and a thing I wanted to note yesterday was that there's a few factors that I, that I kind of outlined in my discussions, uh, that I had yesterday with sources around this one. I think one thing is, you know, obviously Florida state has the longer, uh, relationships with Falk and his family, um, not much, you know, coaching turnover at FSU, especially with his specific position coach and, and you know, coach John Papuchis. He's also involved with Odell Hagen's off-field analyst uh, or off-field staffer Austin Tucker is another guy involved in this recruitment who's been recruiting Keldrick for over two years now. Um, so there's long-standing relationships in Tallahassee, and that's something Keldrick continues to say is important to him. Auburn has built a really good relationship with him and his family throughout, uh, you know, the last two to three weeks since Hugh Freeze took over there um, at Auburn. And, you know, obviously they, they were able to get him on campus for the last face-to-face -face interaction before the dead period hit on Sunday night. So I could see this one going either way. I think I'll have more definitive uh, indication on, on where he's leaning tonight, you know, and, and if not tonight, obviously tomorrow um, in the morning. But I'm going to keep monitoring this one, keep chugging away. I guess, Chris, you know, from your read, you've been – monitoring recruitments for what 20 years now and, and just covering this stuff how do you think he dropped he dropped 22 years on us earlier today yeah he dropped his bona fides i uh it's never great when a kid is making a final decision always makes a level of uneasiness to exist with keldrick having listened to the interview you did with him most recently uh knowing him a bit knowing people involved in that recruitment pretty well i think he's a kid that his preference at this point, I still think, is to be at FSU because of the long-term relationships and the fact that they've been so adamant with him for so long. But he's the best player in the state of Alabama who will probably not go to Alabama, which is why Auburn so much wants him. And, you know, that that's why they're so aggressive with him here down the stretch. The fact he stepped on campus there on Sunday is reason for concern. And I'm not going to dismiss that or make belittle that or make – too little of that. I just think it's foolish to do that. So yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. What time does he intend to announce slash sign tomorrow? He told me 11 a.m. So that might be noon because I noon. believe he's central time, right? Yeah. Are we sending Dane up there for another Falk in the road? How far is that drive? Three hours? About three and a half hours. That's a long day if you're not staying up there. <laughs> what else is he going to do? Let's send him up, baby. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't have to make a U-turn randomly on the way up. Been there, done that. Actually, kind of going to the Montgomery area. Signing day, PTSD showing Thanks, up. <laughs> that worked out well for everyone. Huh? All right, going down the list here. Lucas Simmons seems pretty locked into FSU. We know UF has made a late push there. I'm just going to go down the line, guys. If there's any point you want to jump in, just literally cut me off. But I'm going to try to stream streamline this. We use streamline, sorry, as much as possible. Blake Nicholson uh, from California, top 200 prospect. That seems to be in a really good place. Zach has confirmed that. FSU feels good there. Uh, Keith Sampson was here, official visiting this weekend, four-star defensive tackle from New Bern, North Carolina. He said that he will sign with FSU on Wednesday, so that's huge. You, you were able to fend off some, some pressure to maybe stay in-state from you know, local schools there. 
Yeah, and also uh, he was considering maybe doing it in February. So it's yep. good to get him to, to sign in December and have, you know, it looks like most of your class, we'll get into the rest, but it looks like most of your classes or all of your classes going to sign in, in this uh, signing period on Wednesday. Well, not if they Green, don't, how committed really are they? Exactly. True. And FSU is accepting all these players. So Lamont Green Jr., Boots, just the, the OG of this recruiting class, top 250, well, 251st player. Uh, he wow. was here this weekend. That's pretty good. Uh, you feel great about Boots. Uh, let's see. Vendravius Jacobs, All Day Dre, Chris, uh, your boy, uh, maybe the best wide receiver in the state after high I'm just glad he's going to play in Tallahassee because I hear he's always good here in town. Four star recruit. He's got his four star. Sam Singleton, running back, uh, four star prospect from Fleming Island in Orange Park, Florida. Uh, that's good to go. Brock Glenn, as far as we know, everything's really good there. I know Ohio State lost a 2024 quarterback commitment. I don't expect that to be anything that impacts Brock Glenn. Let's stop right here, real quick. Darren Goldie Lawrence from Sanford Seminole. What's the latest on him, fellas? I think it's probably worth updating people on. Yeah, so we kind of outlined, I believe it was on the live show, that there was some concern over his uh, just, you know, FSU didn't bring him in for an official visit this past weekend like they did with the rest of their commits that hadn't taken officials yet. Um, I'm told the reason for that is because Goldie has some academic work to do um, over the next, you know, however long, I guess, six months, five months until um, the end of his senior year in May. Um, I think that the reason why FSU didn't want to use the official visit with Goldie is because they have a limited limited amount of official visits to use um, throughout the entire cycle. I'm told that number is around nine or 10 as of right now. Um, and obviously, remaining. FSU, yeah, remaining uh, to use. Um, and, and they want to obviously if they're going to bring in a guy, an official, they want it to be you know, worth it. If Goldie doesn't you know, qualify academically, um, by the way, I think they feel that his academic situation is manageable and they plan to sign him on Wednesday um, and have that one locked up. And they, you know, it, it's more so, you know, he just needs to do some good work over the next uh, semester or, or so um, and he'll be good to go. But yeah, it definitely needs a, a little bit more work, but they feel like it, it's not a, non-salvageable situation so uh, the reason they didn't use the official is because they didn't want to burn one um and you know if they want to use one in you know whatever january to bring in a portal a portal guy or portal target thereafter um they want to be able to have uh, official visits to use in case in that case i was also told that people will remember a few years ago fsu signed manny emmanuel rogers who went to juco and then disappeared fsu was stuck with that number of the signing that doesn't apply this go round. So if something were to go sideways with Goldie and he ultimately was unable to make it here, even though they're signing him now, I don't think it would have a long term uh, impact on FSU. That awesome. being said, the expectation is he does make it basically avoid senioritis, finish the semester strong, which most likely he did this past week as far as finishing the semester, do a good job on the back end. He was never expected to be an early enrollee. So yeah. that's where summer, we're at. Him. He'll enroll in the summer if he gets here. Okay, let's go on to other commitments. KJ Kirkland official visited this weekend. He was bigger than I expected in person. He's huge, so that's like up close. So that's good. Um, he looks the part. Jabril Rawls official visit this weekend. That's good to go. Jaden Jones, the JUCO commitment, someone we've talked about before on the podcast. Uh, he in good shape there. Quindarius Jones, the man of mystery from Mississippi. Good to go if to our understanding. Let's real quick before we take a commercial break. DeMarco Ward is actually in Tallahassee, the linebacker from Duluth, Georgia. Uh, Chris, what's the latest on him? I know this is kind of a weird situation, but not nothing affecting his commitment, just more so like when can you get him on campus? So he did a signing money a few days ago at Duluth. Somebody I know works at Duluth as a part of the athletic program there. That person told me that he had finished his finals. Everything was done. He actually intended to get to FSU and do bowl practices. He was at FSU's bowl practice yesterday. I believe his father was with him as well. They were simply onlookers yesterday. I believe there's a sort of an acclimation period slash making sure they're officially in the fold for him to join practice in a physical sense. So I don't know if that will definitely happen, but it is something that's been on our radar. I alerted the people that on the message board over the weekend and DeMarco is here. Yeah, he, he's as firm as they come and he's looking forward to being here and, you know, and talking to people that know he's, He's an interesting dude because he's really always been very quiet in the process. He's never had much of a limelight, and he's always been towards the bottom of the ranking of the players in the class. So he's one of those guys that kind of falls through the cracks. People that know him like him a ton, think very highly of him, think he's a really football-centric kid who does a very good job, but also well-rounded off the field, 
from like a personality standpoint, kind of guy that probably should be able to fit in pretty well in the sense of making the transition to the next level to college and everything that comes with that. But on the field, he's a productive guy. I know some people are a little skeptical of his ability, but FSU likes him a whole hell of a lot, especially his future position coach. His production was great too. his senior year, which I think is is noteworthy. Okay, let's take a quick commercial break. We talked about beef earlier in the podcast. Now we'll get to the meat of the podcast. I guess beef is a meat. Never mind. Commercial break coming up. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to On the Bench. Uh, if you stayed with us through me kind of fizzling out there, much appreciated. We're getting to the, the good stuff of the podcast, though, so I'm assuming you have, have stuck around. We're going to get into all the uncommitted players or players who are not committed to FSU, potentially, uh, part of this this podcast and, and go down the list here. There's about four or five guys we want to talk about. Let's start off with, I think, the most noteworthy name of this group, and he's committed elsewhere. But FSU is trying to complete the flip, but but it's getting a pressure from all different angles right now. The story keeps changing almost by the hour. Uh, what Zach reports in the evening may not be the same thing that Zach is hearing in the morning. Uh, and we're all chasing this one from different angles to try to figure out what's happening. That's safety Conrad Hussey, a four-star recruit from St. Thomas Aquinas, currently committed to Penn State, Zach. Uh, but FSU is trying to to see if they can complete the flip here. Uh, what are you here? Well, what did you report last night and what's the latest you're hearing this morning? Yeah. So I kind of want to outline the entire like quick timeline of this recruitment, right? So Conrad Hussey solidly committed to Penn state committed there back in April. He visited FSU for an unofficial, like, like just under the radar visit in June uh, did not talk after that. Nothing really happened throughout the course of the season. Then he takes an official to FSU two weekends ago, and that's where this recruitment explodes. I was told after that official that FSU was probably in the lead spot for him. Um, that was about you know a week out from Wednesday. Then you know rumors started to fly that he was going to Colorado over the weekend. That didn't happen. Then he uh, made it to Miami's campus for an unof- or for an official visit over uh, this past weekend, and that created another turn in this recruitment. Before the weekend, you know it went from FSU. Probably flipping him to Penn State, probably keeping him, and then after the weekend, I think this is more of a Miami and FSU battle. Um, it's been crazy, like honestly. Um, I, I've been, you know, at every point of this recruitment, like on top of, of of what you know the change is. So I feel confident in my reporting. Last night, or I guess this morning, I put up a, a you know what I'm hearing. This is more of, of, of stuff I got late last night, honestly, um, and I think some of this stuff may may have changed, but. Um, I, I reported that FSU remains a le- legitimate threat in this recruitment, and it's for a few reasons. Um, I confirmed yesterday again that Hussey did grow up a, a huge FSU fan. Um, you know, own, owns a bunch of apparel and stuff, and he uh, and some you know members of his family also FSU fans. So that's a factor, uh, not like the the determining factor, but something that is keeping FSU heavily in this one. Um, another thing is it, another selling point for Florida State in, in Hussey's recruitment is that there's a possibility that both of FSU's starting safeties from this past season could move on um, to the NFL draft and Akeem Dent and Jamie Robinson. That's not a, a sure thing, obviously. None of those guys have announced, you know, whether they're staying or, or going, but that's something that, you know, Hussey's definitely looking at. Um, and it, it's attractive as they look at, you know, the numbers of, uh, at these three schools at the safety position. Um, Penn State, I, I'm told, is bringing in a lot of guys um, for, you know, at the safety position, they might have some guys on the roster. Honestly, I haven't studied it, but that's coming from the Hussey camp. Um, no, I don't think this one's over. Uh, I think Miami is definitely um, FSU's biggest threat here. Um, I think NIL is involved. It's going to be crazy. Um, I'm told that FSU receiver commit Hakeem Williams is also helping out in this recruitment for FSU with Hussey. He, uh, at least, you know, at last check, was trying to get on the phone with Hussey last night. I don't know if that actually happened. That's something that FSU is working. Um, obviously, another elite talent in South Florida that Hussey is familiar with and knows pretty well. If you watched the interview with Dane last week on the <laughs> <laughs> you know, We even um, talked about that. That was pretty yeah, hilarious. <laughs> that was awesome. 
uh, Dane was all nervous, but it was like it's one of the most viewed uh, videos on our channel. Completely, I think it's up to like close to twenty k views. It's the, insane. The Edwin Joseph, like Dane turning back to Edwin Joseph, catching himself doing the tomahawk chop to Conrad Hussey, might have been yeah. the most informative piece of information that any of us have gotten. Of course, it all changes all the time, but like yeah. that was that was a big revealing moment in that interview. Yeah, so that was funny. Um, but Hikeem's Hikeem's working that one. And you mentioned the commits earlier. People were worried about Hikeem today. You know, I kind of checked in on that just to make sure that, you know, there was a report, I guess, that Miami and AM were still communicating with him. That may be the case. I'm not worried about it. I think Hikeem is going to sign with FSU tomorrow. Um, I tweeted out a photo. He's he's handing out shirts at his ceremony, basically saying, in Hikeem, we trust. Um, and it's all FSU themes. So um, I'm trying to plan to be there, but obviously, you know, signing day can be crazy. And, and I want to, you know, be uh, able to write stuff if I can. Um, I'll be on the live show, obviously, in the morning, but I think that's more around 1 p.m. in the afternoon. So um, hoping, hoping to get coverage here. Back to Hussey. Um, Chris, I want to pull you in here just to, to get some more information uh, from your end. So around 10 a.m., Tyler Calvaruso of our Penn State site, he shared his latest on Hussey with his subscribers. I'm going to read it. It's a pretty quick blurb. As for Hussey, I'm now hearing Florida State has the edge over Miami if he decides to stay in state and not go to Penn State. I don't think this is going to drag out much longer. He's expected to sign Wednesday. Where he winds up remains to be seen. But if it's going to be a Florida school, Florida State looks like it has an advantage. Do we want to do a prediction? I don't want to do it on the show right now. I don't want to do a prediction no. element on the show. No, on Hussey, to- hell no, not at this point. Like th- uh, there's, there's, a few, there's not- guys that I feel good about. We've talked about Keandre Jones, John Campbell. Or I, we'll talk about somebody coming up who I think we all feel pretty good about. There's other guys that truthfully right now, like Falk is one of those I would put in that category, and Hussey would be another where I'm just not comfortable saying well, I think he's going here or there. Heck, Demari Brown's climbed back in that. I thought he was definitely going to Bama at this point. I think Miami might end up getting his, him. His brother commit, yes, we should have said Devontae brother last evening UCF target no what I meant was we always do the story we don't have to do it on the podcast we always do a story before early signing day or uh, national signing day uh that uh, who we think is going to go where what we think will happen to the targets are we going to partake in that this this like are we do that this evening potentially potentially um we need to get more clarity like <laughs> it's weird putting in predictions for guys that you literally have like that have not made decisions yet. I know so that's part of the entertainment part of it. We're trying to do the journalism part and the entertainment part. And we're trying to yeah. marry the two, and it's difficult. Is more so. It's difficult. I'm, I'm, flesh, um, I'm fleshing this out. I'm uh, not. I, yeah, I'm not putting in predictions until I get some more clarity on on Hussey and, and Falk. Especially. What about what about crystal balls? Hell no. Let's go to uh, another committed player who FSU is pushing for. He was on campus officially visiting this past week, and that is four-star wide receiver Andy Jean, another South Florida prospect, this one from Miami Northwestern. So uh, the 305 and the 954 recruitments are going to be fairly prevalent in this uh, section of the show. And uh, fittingly, nothing is going to be clear-cut, straightforward. This might be the most clear-cut and straightforward of of all of them. So so what are we hearing on Andy Jean? Uh, Anyone want to take this? want me to i guess i will i you know i checked in some of the on this recruitment on monday he tells me andy gene tells me himself that he has his mind made up at least as of yesterday obviously things can change he's from south florida we know how these recruitments go um you know as of yesterday i didn't hear any you know super positive things that you know the fsu side i think uh i think it was leaning more towards him sticking with uf i don't i haven't heard anything to change that that mindset but I know Steve Wolfong put up a you know early signing day uh, buzz piece and, and said that multiple multiple people have told him that uh, Gene might end up in Tallahassee. So who knows? Um, I'm going to keep checking this on Tuesday. That's one of the recruitments I have you know outlined as, as one I need to um, get some more information on. So going to work that. But as of right now, I'm not predicting him to. I wouldn't predict him to end up in FSU's class. But that's not to say that can't happen. Uh, I I'd heard this morning that FSU was still working on it. And yeah. so if you're still working on it and he told Zach his mind's made up, I would think right now, like Florida is probably the, uh, I'm with you. I think Florida is probably the team to, to still beat there for him. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's an imminent commitment right now. Uh, we'll see what happens here in the next 24 hours. Four-star linebacker from Virginia. He's committed to Virginia currently, but he just officially visited South Carolina. That is Cameron Robinson. He's a guy I put in a crystal ball for because I thought FSU was going to go ahead and, and close it. But I think South Carolina is making a push there. Uh, how are we feeling about that one here 24 hours out from him signing? 
I spoke to him some yesterday. Uh, you know, he says he's pretty close to really making that decision. It's been weird in checking with other sides. South Carolina doesn't think he sticks with Virginia, but thinks there's a decent chance that he ends up at FSU. I think there's some concerns down this way with distance for him and for the family because they're just not the type that have traveled a ton. They're from a smaller part of Virginia. You know, that would make South Carolina seem a little bit more appealing if you are a flip candidate. And I think there's even some confidence from the Virginia side that they're going to retain him because of the fact that they so aggressively have pushed him that essentially you are the best player in our class. You're not just another guy. You're not just a linebacker. You are literally the top of our mountain right now. And I think that's had a little bit of an impact with him. And he is a kid that wants to play very early. You know, we know that Tatum Bethune and Kalen Deloach are coming back around these parts. I don't exactly know South Carolina's linebacker situation. I'm pretty confident, even though Virginia's defense was by far the best part of its team, there's probably a much easier path there to playing than there is anywhere else. Yeah. Um, just to echo what Chris said, I think playing time is a, a is a big factor um, for him and also distance, a factor for the family. Um, you know, I, I think – I, I don't know if I reported it, but I think his, his visit to uh, FSU was like his, his first ever flight, his mom's second ever flight, and his dad's like third ever flight. So not a, not a family that's traveled a ton. Um, so that would be, you know, a little bit of a challenge, obviously, if you're not used to it and not um, not a huge fan of it. And what I heard, um, you know, it would be a challenge to go to a school, you know, so far, whereas you have an option like Virginia that he's already committed to. That's you know, closer, obviously. But I'm not feeling super confident on FSU's chances here. Uh, I don't think that uh, right now I predict them into the class. That's yeah, Things can change. Um, but right now I'd probably, if you know, I had to pick one, obviously you know, I don't have you know, intel on, on South Carolina's side or, or um, you know, much of UVA's side. But I think you know, from what I'm hearing, I think UVA has the best shot to probably keep him in the boat. Um, but we'll keep monitoring this one, and, and I'm – trying to get up with cam and kind of see where his head's at uh, today and, and talk with more sources on this recruitment but i'm not feeling great about fsu's chances as of um you know tuesday morning Good. we'll give zach a, a second to recover here and go a little bit out of order from the rankings let's talk about one of chris's favorite players in the class and that's three-star key west offensive lineman christopher Otto. he was here officially visiting this past weekend chris you did did the rare rare thing you dropped a crystal ball for a Chris dull ball I draw plenty of crystal balls. I just don't always drop them on FSU. Um, Christopher Otto is a kid that obviously I've been a fan club president for some time. He's smart. He's strong. He's got boatload of upside. He's a little bit different in the sense of he's kind of a well-rounded human. I think that's appealing to Alex Atkins, who I would certainly describe as a little bit different as a position coach. Um, why do, why do we keep talking about boats this episode? It's like the fifth boat reference. I'm going to call this on the boat podcast. Sorry. Continue. Um Thanks. You completely threw me off my train of thought. I appreciate that. Alex See, I mentioned the train. I mentioned the train after boat, boats, trains, planes, automobiles. automobiles. Um, yeah, with auto, I just think he's a kid that FSU values because he can play pretty much anywhere. He could play tackle. He certainly can play guard. And I think he's capable of being a center long term. So I think he's a guy that's super appealing as kind of a long term stowaway. Let him develop, and he might turn into a full blown monster. And with the fact that FSU is so portal heavy on the offensive line, it's a clear-cut sign that they're trying to build at the very top of the roster as far as experience while also adding on the lower end with guys like Lucas Simmons and Otto as freshmen coming in behind last year's freshman class, which included a guy like Jalen Early, a guy like Julian Armella, some others who they're very high on, and before that was a guy like Bryson Esty. So you're starting to see years on top of years on top of years kind of stacked from a depth standpoint. Otto's a kid that I think ends up at FSU choosing him over Stanford, Syracuse, Princeton, plenty of other offers, but those are the ones he visited. Penn State's also been in the mix there, and he expects to sign here tomorrow. So um, I don't think he'll enroll early, even though he's capable of doing so. I think he intends not to. That's kind of been his longstanding plan. I think he holds true to that. Automobiles. Get it? Automobiles. Let's talk about the last uncommitted prospect here. Uh, this is another 954 recruitment that is proving to be uh, quite entertaining. And that is Edwin Joseph, uh, the three-star cornerback. Where, where is he at, Zach? Is he Dillard? Help me out here. Edwin Joseph? He's at yeah. Shamanah Madonna High Shamanah School. Shamanah Madonna. That's right. He was here playing the state title. Sorry. 
Uh, so Edwin Joseph is someone that the staff has liked and, and been in on fairly early. They like kind of made him a priority a few months ago. He's had a great senior season at cornerback. Someone who's kind of an athlete playing both sides of the ball, moving back and forth into this year. He's really settled in that cornerback and, and looks really good. Now, this is someone that we expected FSU to get a commitment from last week. Uh, I think at the high school, uh, I was going to say all-star game, but it was like a national championship game. He was at uh, on Saturday. It actually said in the broadcast that he was planning to commit, yeah. and I believe that would have been Florida State. That did not happen, Zach. How come? Because he took an, an official visit, I believe, to Louisville. Um, he left after that game Saturday evening, arrived in Louisville, and then took a visit all day on Sunday to Louisville. Um, and, that, and that's why he ultimately pushed back his decision date. Okay, so – uh, sorry, I'm sending a text message real quick. We got stuff happening. Okay, so uh, yeah, that pushback to the decision date. Uh, Louisville very much so, obviously in it, uh, but Florida State still pushing for that one. And Zach, we're hearing that maybe there's another school making a late push as well, maybe two even. And all these schools are kind of being uh, triangulated with each other because we keep hearing these same names. Yeah, what's going on here? Um, obviously, so it's Miami and Penn State. There's two schools that. Uh, Brendan's talking about the two programs that are involved with Joseph along with FSU down the stretch. Um, I'm still feeling pretty confident about FSU's chances to, to land him, but there's a, you know, a good bit of conversation going on in the Miami side about, you know, coach Cristobal being coach Mario Cristobal being a, you know, personally recruiting Edwin Joseph. Um, I think there's some issues going on between, Miami and that that high school because two of their guys transferred out this offseason, Thad Franklin and Alan Hay, a defensive lineman and running back. Um, they, you know, I think there's some there's turmoil there, and and I think the Edwin Joseph recruitment, uh, you know, Mar Mario Cristobal's kind of taking the reins on that. Um, from what I heard, I talked to inside the use Gabby Urudia earlier today, um, and kind of outlined you know what what Miami's interest is there. Um, as of right now, I'm still feeling pretty confident about FSU's chances to get him tomorrow. Um, but still, you know, a little, you know, probably 24 hours to go in this recruitment. Edwin Joseph is 100% an example of a kid I would put a crystal ball in for FSU on if he was not from South Florida. I have a crystal ball on him already. I'm sweating that one out. Does Key West count as South Florida? Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. South Florida is Dade and Broward for the most part. A little yeah, bit of Palm see. Beach, but mostly Dade and Broward. <laughs> okay, so let's – it's going to be fun. This is what we're going to be tracking and monitoring and making calls on and, and trying to provide updates for on Knowles 24-7. I don't want to say that Knowles 24-7 does a great job. Uh, I'm just going to say that Knowles 24-7 will have information on all this. And if you're uh, if you're not subscribed and you want to know the latest and most accurate information about FSU recruiting, as it all changes so rapidly, uh, check us out, please. Give us a chance. Uh, we still have a promo going on currently. 50% Top off. Gun coming soon. Oh, to, to Paramount. Oh, Top Gun. Top Gun 2, right? You get Paramount Plus with that. So it's yeah, a really good Yeah, game. the Top Gun Maverick. It wasn't Top Gun 2. Because we don't make sequels with numbers anymore. We make them with different titles. Purdue. Let's get into the final segment of this early signing period preview show. And that is Buy or Sinone. Uh, but we're going to call it Buyers well, Sinone. Do we, before we get there, do we want to talk about a couple of the transfers that are still lurking? The Braden Fist, the Fentrell Cypresses of the world? today well okay we caught up Braden Fisk real quick we talked to Braden Fisk the Western Michigan defensive tackle uh yesterday Monday evening uh it sounds very much so like it is he visited Florida State he took official here this past week he left to go to see USC as well speaking to him about it yesterday seemed very clear to me that it's an FSU Notre Dame battle is that fair to say Chris yeah, I've, I've been told as much as USC is out, which is a little wild because I also got yesterday, yesterday at one point had somebody tell me that they thought the parents preferred USC. So that's recruiting down the stretch. It's always kind of fun. But I, I think that the two that it was going into last weekend, which was Notre Dame and FSU, I think it's who it's going to be at the end. too. I think FSU has put itself in as good a position as possible for a kid who's from the Midwest who has previously stated that he wants to stay in the Midwest. You've given him some stuff to think about, but he's, he's 45 minutes from Notre Dame. That is I'd, going to be tough to overcome. I had somebody describe his visit to FSU as one where he truly invested his time and as far as finding out, but also as eye-opening. Yeah. And I I'd, think I think to uh, Brendan's point here about him being a Midwest kid that was leaning to staying in the Midwest, I think that's what FSU was kind of hoping for, was basically give him something to think about with the opportunity of high-level playing time at a 
school that's going to have a pretty damn good team next year and also a very good defense. Mike Gravel has been very active in this recruitment. We know Adam Fuller has has gotten in on this as well. Uh, for him to get to interact with Odell Hagens for an extended period of time, I think was super helpful. I mean, he remembered how long Odell Hagens has been coaching at Florida State, I think he threw out 29 years. A common theme with Braden when I talked to him is he remembers very small details. Uh, and that's a good thing for Florida State because you have a lot to sell when it comes to history as well as pitching him on current development, uh, which which was a, a big point to hammer home. So that seems pretty good. Uh, with Deuce Cypress, now I think a fifth-ranked player in the transfer portal. It's like Travis Hunter. We're not going to talk about Travis Hunter. He's in the portal. Um, I don't I don't chase I don't chase ghosts. You almost made a whole podcast without that. Uh, almost. Deuce Cypress was here visiting officially this weekend. Chris, you caught up with him. He's a man of mystery in terms of he didn't tip his hand very much so at all. Uh, anything noteworthy that you want to, to divulge there? He's about the business. He, he's a kid that's focused on a place that's going to develop him, give him an opportunity to play at a very high level and be part of something that's pretty good. Uh, I kept pressing him on dates to commit, any possibility of upcoming visits. All of that is very to, to be determined. I did talk to him this morning right around 11 a.m., I asked him, hey, I'm just checking back in, see if you walked in a decision day after getting back home, talking with your family more. Still don't know is what he shared at that time, so that's where we sit now. Don't have a definitive time frame for when we think that one might come to an end. Uh, if I'm of the belief that this one might go into January, and if that so, does I'll add on that, it definitely was going to before the FSU visit. That was mm -hmm. the intention that he had, the plans he had shared was to potentially take a visit or two in that January 4th to January 8th transfer window that's going to exist during the dead period. He, at the end of the visit, didn't dismiss that idea, but he didn't sound as committed to that idea as he was walking through the door. I think if he takes like one visit after and it's just a quick like one or one day thing, like that's probably fine. If he's taking multiple visits, like two or three, or going somewhere for like the entirety of that that window, then maybe be more alarmed. But I know I think FSU's in the driver's seat is is how I would describe his his recruitment. I think he's he's not FSU's, but he's FSU's to lose if that makes sense. Whoa! Thank you for this. Where's the crystal ball? No, we're not doing that for any. Uh, I'm not doing that for transfers. I'm not playing that game. Uh, although you've already announced that Keandre Jones has committed to FSU before he actually has. Um, he's so. committed, guys. Huge get. Um. By the time I'm done uh, editing your mess-ups here, he's going to have been committed for 24 hours and be on a Chris Auto next. Uh, let's see. We're let's on Auto. Automobile. The Turner Group, sponsors on the bench. If you are looking to buy or sell a home in Central Florida or the state of Florida, there's nowhere more trustworthy, someone who's going to work harder for you than Colin or Amy Turner of the Turner Group. Uh, you can reach out to them at 407 403 8546 Guess what, Colin? Zach finally gave us the swag that he was hoarding. We appreciate the Tumblr there. <laughs> the evil laugh is weird. Uh, but uh, seriously, uh, support the people who support this quirky little podcast uh, segment called Buy or Sonoma. Or in this case, Buyer Sonoma, because they got a guy called Buyers, which is hilarious. All right, Buyer Sonoma, early signing period edition. FSU's next public commitment will be a transfer. Well, you already kind of ruined that one for us, Zach. So bye. Bye. Buyers. Yeah, we're saying buyers Sinone. Buyers Sinone, Casey Roddick at center. Buyers, potentially. I'm Sinone, and I still think he's a good Buyers player. is playing center, you're saying? I'm saying he's going to learn center, and they're going to start training him there, but then they're going to see. We spent all happens. of last offseason counting against Marie Smith, and look at that man now. So I'm going to stick with Marie Smith at center, and Casey Roddick ends up being a guard. I do think it's most likely that Casey Roddick will start game one at guard. But I think he's going to – if you're Florida State, it would be a great development if he could be number two on the depth chart at center and be solid. Is snapping the ball important to you guys? Byers Sinone. Byers. Yes, of course, of course. Byers Sinone. Miami at this point is just trolling FSU with the DB recruiting. I'm I'm Byersing this one. I think there's a level I, I, of of that, making FSU uncomfortable. I, I'm Sinoning. I think Miami's turf war has been more with Florida than Florida State. Um Miami's just, I mean, they're out to get really good players and they're willing to do what it might take to get really good players and they're, they're out to get good headlines. Recruiting, Winning and recruiting is what they're about right now and they hope that it translates hopefully to better results on the football field than they've seen there. And if you're not winning on merit or just like selling the right, you know, everything that you can, then you can buy people. And that's what's happening. 
I mean, I, I think FSU fans think it's FSU versus Miami, but Miami, Mark Fletcher was a Florida one. Cormani McLean is one that involved what, both Florida and Alabama. So it's not like they're just focused solely on Tallahassee. Yeah, I don't think it's trolling. I think it's more so Miami doing everything it can financially, or yeah, everything it can financially to put themselves in a better position to buy goodwill this offseason. Because um, obviously they had a terrible season this, um, you know, the 2022 year. And they got to do everything they can in recruiting to change that as soon as possible. I think they're investing a lot of uh, capital in, in making that happen. Buyers to known, Chris. Brendan just left us to take a, an important call. That's there, a buy. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's a Travis Hunter-esque situation to monitor this year. I mean, I think we're in knee-deep in the NIL territory. So nationally, without a shadow of a doubt, from an FSU perspective, I don't think so. I think the Hakeem Williams thing you've helped put to bed. You know, Keldrick Falk's a very public thing as far as we know, it being a two-team race and what might happen there. There's not something I'm expecting that will ambush FSU. But, I mean, lesson learned from last year, you just sort of expect it to a degree and hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking, you know, I don't think the Keldrick Falk thing can be because it's not a surprise if he goes to Auburn because we've reported on it extensively. The Travis Hunter thing would have to be a major surprise. Um, but yeah, I think the only situation you could probably say that for is is like Hakeem Williams because he's had a bunch of schools that are that are big on NIL like Miami and A and M involved in his recruitment. But um, you know, I checked in uh, this morning on Tuesday morning, and, and there's nothing to worry about. Um, that doesn't mean something can change or can't change, but um, still, you know, 100% expecting him to sign with FSU on Wednesday. Uh, Byers Sonome, more than two high school commitments for FSU this week. I'll let you go first on this one, Zach, since that's more your bread and butter. So let's think. Right now, if I was doing predictions, I'd probably predict two on Wednesday with Chris Otto yes. and Edwin Joseph. Um, yes. And then you got a couple wild cards, like we mentioned, in a, in a Conrad Hussey. Um, sucks that Keldrick Falk doesn't count because that kind of like feels like it's you know he's like a guy that's uncommitted choosing between two schools but whatever um and you know another guy Andy Jean um don't expect that as of now so I'll also know that I'll I'll say two not more than two um I guess is my prediction what about you Chris I, I think you did a good job depicting the expectation of the two Edwin Joseph and Chris Otto I'll quickly go through the other ones we're monitoring. Damari Brown, but as I mentioned earlier, thought it would be Alabama. At this point, I think it's a little bit more of a toss-up between Alabama and Miami. Conrad Hussey, we talked plenty about earlier on. I think there's a fair chance there for FSU. I'm just not convinced of it yet at this point because that's had enough twists and turns. Andy Jean, I personally think he's probably going to stick with Florida in the end, but it is there for debate. It is there for questions, so it's one where FSU is still involved. Cameron Robinson, again, mentioned FSU is still involved. I kind of sort of said it earlier. I think he sticks with Virginia over yeah. FSU or South Carolina, which I'm surprised by because two weeks ago when he started taking the officials, I did not expect that to be the case. So those are all interesting to me. I think two is kind of a, yeah, that's probably going to happen. Edwin Joseph obviously gives me a little pause, but not enough to say I don't think it happens. I think there's a fair chance there's a third, but I don't want to get people's hopes and expectations up to the point where I think it's a certainty that there's a third. So the last one, Byerson own a decommitment. Brendan, he's back. I'm back. Uh, yeah, actually, this was the call I just took is that Keltrick Falk's going to decommit from FSU. No, I'm just messing with you guys. I'm what the? No, <laughs> was Why that would you do that? Is that not okay? Sorry. That was not funny. But that's the I guy. Hope, I hope the train referenced earlier on this podcast hits you, sir. Automobiles. Um. They I don't know. Put you on a boat and send you to the middle of the ocean. I mean, this... <laughs> This is a known the person we potentially be talking about. So Byersine would be Falk, right? Like that's the only likely or possible, I should say, decommitment right now, right? Like I'm just yeah, yeah or the left field version, the one that's not expected that happens. Uh, we we uh, had a decommitment yesterday in Tavian Gadsden, but that was more just house cleaning because he wasn't going to decide by FSU. Right, that he was a, a gray shirt candidate potentially, uh, to our knowledge. So. Uh, so we're recording this uh, almost at noon. Keandre Jones is not committed anywhere yet. Um, but as we're, as we're recording this now, and you're listening to this probably well past noon after all the editing, I'm going to go with 
buyers. I, there's something fishy happening with this Keltrick Ball commitment. It's just it's not gelling. It's not going in a way that I would feel good about. Um, there's there's too many inconsistencies. Uh, they did the staff Darnage was not aware of the visit that he was taking to Auburn. The fact that wasn't communicated to them to them to me is a red flag. Just following yes. behavior. Uh, that none of that fits right or, or feels right and sits right uh, to me. So I, I'm going to go buyers. I, I think there's, I think there's something happening behind the scenes there that would lead me to believe that that Auburn is, isn't a good spot for him just based off of connecting dots. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, just to go for the opposite, you know, viewpoint on the alts and own, um, I'll say that FSU kind of, repairs that relationship i don't know if it's if it needs repair but just does enough at the end to land him um but it definitely does feel a little bit weird um especially you know like like we've outlined that that the auburn visit uh, being a, a red flag for multiple reasons um so we'll see it, it's it's been a weird one um but i think we'll get clarity hopefully on tuesday night and to clarify before Chris gives his answer, I hope FSU gets him. Like I like Keldrick Falk as a player. I like him as a person. I know the staff has put in a ton of work for for him. Like they deserve to get him. Uh, this is just this is recruiting in 2022 in the NIL era, and uh, with all these coaching changes, things are changing constantly. Like it's just yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens here. But I, I do. I just want to say, like I do hope FSU lands. But I would love to co- cover Keldrick Falk for the next few years. For Brendan, for Zach, I'm Chris. See you tomorrow for signing day. Wow, wow. he opted out. He autoed out. I don't get it. Brendan muted himself not once but twice. That's pretty impressive. Are there more buyers and owns? Oh, he has to take a call. So we can okay. pause for a moment. Edit at 4604. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.